Mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus, dear friends. The part of God's Word that we'll look at this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. We'll read these verses throughout the course of our sermon today, but we'll begin with those first two short parables that Jesus tells here. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of our God. Through the prophet Isaiah, God says, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. The kingdom of heaven can only be found by those who are not seeking it. Since by nature, no one knows that such a treasure as the kingdom exists, then no one could possibly be seeking this treasure. The Apostle Paul says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. This is the only way that those who aren't seeking it can find the kingdom. And when they do, everything changes. That's what we see in these first two parables from Jesus today. When God reveals the treasure of His kingdom to us, then by the Spirit's work in our hearts, we come to understand that there is nothing more valuable, nothing more important, and nothing more urgent than this one single treasure. Jesus' first parable seems almost like a little boy's fantasy. You know, maybe he's out in the woods or the fields behind his house, exploring around, and he dreams of finding some long-lost buried treasure out there. But you know, this picture that Jesus uses wouldn't have seemed so fantastic to those who first heard it. See, it wasn't uncommon for people who lived in areas that were often overrun by invading armies to take a good portion of their wealth and bury it somewhere. That way, if an approaching army meant that they had to leave very quickly, they knew that they could always return when things settled down and reclaim what they had buried, rather than having it plundered. But as you can well imagine, sometimes people were not able to return, not able to reclaim what they had laid in the ground. And so it would stay there until somebody, by pure dumb luck, stumbled across it. That's what Jesus describes in this first parable. This man wasn't out there looking for something. But when he found that treasure, it changed everything. Immediately, he's filled with joy. He acts immediately. He quickly comes to this conclusion that everything he possessed, no matter how valuable it might have been, was worth selling in order to acquire this 
one treasure. Jesus' second parable maybe seems like a more likely scenario to us. I mean, you can imagine a collector of coins searching for some that are especially rare, or a collector of gems looking for some that are especially unique and beautiful. Maybe they already have quite an extensive collection, but then they find that one coin and that one gem that's worth more than everything they have. A coin or a gem that they didn't even know existed. Well, in Jesus' parable, it's a merchant who's on the hunt for fine pearls. No doubt, this guy already had quite a collection, and yet he was hoping to find a few more that were just a little more beautiful, a little more valuable than what he already had. And then he stumbles across this one pearl that stops him in his tracks. He had never seen anything like it. He had been searching for something, but not something like this. But when he found it, everything changed. He acted immediately. And like the man in that first parable, he quickly concluded that everything he owned was worth selling in order to acquire that one precious pearl. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. God says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I imagine that for most of us, it was probably our parents who first introduced us to the great treasure. We weren't seeking it as they carried us forward to that baptismal font. But by God's grace, we found it there. Maybe we weren't seeking it when they loaded us up in the car every Sunday to bring us to church or when they dropped us off at that Christian school five days a week. But day after day and week after week, we found that treasure. Some people stumble on it in other ways. Maybe they attended the wedding of a close friend and they heard some pastor talk about a love that's even greater than the love between husband and wife. Or maybe they attended the funeral of a grandparent. They heard about a love and a life that extends even beyond the grave. There are all sorts of different ways that people may stumble on the kingdom. And then there are still others who maybe are searching for something. There's some emptiness, some void in their heart and life that they're seeking to fill. Maybe their conscience has been troubling them for quite some time. Maybe the loss of a loved one is leading them to search for some kind of hope, comfort. Maybe the arrival of children has led them to want to kind of reorder their priorities in life. Maybe the uncertainty of the world in which we live is causing them to look for something solid and reliable. Maybe it's a diagnosis from a doctor that has them now thinking about what comes next after this life. And then a close friend shares with them the treasure of the kingdom. Or they read about it in some devotion they found online. Or they hear it proclaimed in a church that they worked up the courage 
to visit one day. They were looking for something, but they found something better than they could have ever imagined, something that they truly didn't know existed. God says, I was found by those who did not seek me. Ultimately, that's true for all of us as God's people. But now, having found this treasure that we weren't seeking, do we recognize just how valuable it really is? No buried hoard, no precious pearl can even begin to compare with the treasure of the kingdom that we have in Jesus. You know, when the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven, it's speaking about Jesus' gracious presence and his gentle rule in our hearts. It includes our knowledge of the salvation that he won for us. It includes our trust in the promise of eternal life. But there's so much more here, too. You know, in Jesus, we find a love that exceeds anything that we could ever know or experience in this world. It's a love that's perfectly faithful. A love that is completely one-sided. A love that is always geared towards our eternal good. It's a love that filled God's heart from eternity past. A love that caused Him to send Jesus into this world as our Savior. A love that now fills us and surrounds us every single day of our lives. And a love that we're going to get to bask in for all eternity. In Jesus we find complete forgiveness for every one of our sins. Past, present, future. And along with that forgiveness, we find peace for our conscience. We find freedom from the fear of punishment. In Jesus, we find solid guidance for our lives here on earth. We find strength for every trial that we face. We find comfort for every sorrow we experience, hope for every challenge, and motivation for every good work that God places before us as his people. In Jesus, we find the promise of provision for all of our needs and protection from all of our enemies. In Jesus, we find joy even in the midst of our sorrows. We find life even when we are faced with death. We find the hope of heaven when our earthly home is long gone. When we lay this treasure alongside everything that we have or anything else that we might know, even those things that we rightly value very, very highly in this world, it becomes clear very quickly that there simply is no comparison. There is nothing more valuable, more important, more urgent than this treasure of the kingdom. It should change everything for us. But has it? And does it always? Do we have that same joy that the man in Jesus' first parable had when he found that great treasure? Or does the busyness of life and all of the worries that come along with it often suck that joy right away from us? Do we have the same commitment 
that both men in Jesus' parable demonstrated in their readiness to give up everything that they had in order to acquire and retain that one great treasure? Or does the treasure of the kingdom that we have received sometimes get put off and pushed aside for other things that just seem more important or urgent in the moment? Whether it's our family or our work, our friends or ourselves, do we show by the schedules that we keep and the budgets that we set that there are other things of greater value to us? You know, when the good news of the kingdom is proclaimed in this world, it draws a lot of people to it. But not all of them come to understand, and not all of them continue to appreciate just what a supreme treasure they've found. And so in this final parable that Jesus tells, he reminds us of the importance and the urgency that this treasure of the kingdom demands in our hearts and lives. Jesus continues, he says, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught up all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus compares the kingdom to a net that was let down and catches up all kinds of fish. And when that net is pulled up, the fish are simply separated, good from bad. In the same way, the people of this world will be separated. Those who possess the kingdom, those who do not. You know, this short parable ends in the very same way as the parable of the weeds that we looked at last week. On that last day, Jesus sends out his holy angels to separate wicked from righteous for eternal death and eternal life. There's this ultimate finality there. Right now, that net is still in the water. But God alone knows for how long. And so we see the importance. We see the urgency. The fact is, God sees it too. You know, the same one who said, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. He also said, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. Well, the Apostle Paul says, now is the time of God's favor, and now is the day of salvation. Now is the time for us to take hold of this one great treasure. And just think, if it was clear to those two men in Jesus' first parables that they should be ready to give up everything they possess to gain those treasures that they found, it should be even clearer to us that we too ought to be ready to give up everything that we have for the sake of this one great treasure. But see, here's where this treasure of the kingdom is different from the treasures that those guys found in the parables. There is nothing we could ever sell 
nothing we could ever sacrifice in order to acquire and retain this great treasure. Nor do we need to. Because God gives it freely. That's the help. That's the favor that God promises His people. God gave what was most valuable, what was most dear to Him, His one and only Son, so that each and every one of us could possess this supreme treasure of the kingdom. Jesus gave up His innocent life. He shed His precious blood to forgive us for all those times that we replace that joy with worry and didn't give the kingdom the sort of priority that it deserves. Since Jesus lives, we know now that this treasure of the kingdom belongs to us forever. And what's more, the more that we delight in this great treasure, the more that we give it the priority that it deserves in our lives, God turns around and blesses us with an even greater appreciation for it and a greater commitment to it. There is nothing we could have ever done to secure this treasure. No amount of commitment on our part that would ever have us earning this treasure. But since God gave us this gift, since Jesus gave us Himself, then we understand that there is nothing in all the world that deserves or inspires a greater commitment from us than this one single treasure of the kingdom. After sharing these parables with his disciples, Jesus asked them, have you understood all these things? Do you understand just how valuable and important and urgent this treasure really is? The disciples say, yes, we understand. By God's grace, so do we. So keep on rejoicing that you have found what you weren't seeking. Keep on rejoicing that God has led you to recognize just how valuable this treasure really is. And then understand also what Jesus would have you do with it. He ends this section by saying, therefore every teacher of the law, and ultimately that means every one of us, everyone who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Simply put, Jesus is saying here, when it comes to the treasure of my kingdom, I want you to use it, and I want you to share it. In Jesus, we have this storeroom full of treasure that can carry us safely through this life and into the next. And in Jesus, we have this storeroom full of treasure to share with those who still haven't found it and aren't even seeking it, though we know that they desperately need it. In pure grace, God made sure that we found this treasure. And through us, God wants to make sure that others find it too. In Matthew 10, Jesus says, Freely you have received, freely give. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.